It's all about rapport. You've got to connect with these people. So for instance, like I drove around and I found the storage facility and then I gave him a call and I said, you know, I'm interested in buying your storage facility. You know, would you be interested to sell? And he's like, you know, I never really thought about it, but I'm like, I'm, we are kind of ready to sell, you know? And I said, I'd love to come up and meet you. Like, you know, when, like, you know, when can you meet? And I was like, he's like, I can meet you right now. And I was like, all right, I'm coming up. And it was like a 45 minute drive to come up to, 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 to see him. I live in the North Georgia mountains and he was kind of like 45 minutes North of me. And I said, all right, I'm coming up. So I just dropped everything I did and I just drove up. I'm Neil. And I'm Brittany. We are a family on a journey towards financial and location independence. Each week, we interview successful real estate entrepreneurs about their chosen investment strategy and rate it based on how much money it took to get started, how long it took to educate themselves, how passive it is, and whether or not they could do it from anywhere in the world. Welcome to the Road to Family Freedom. Before we begin this week's show, I'd like to make you an offer, a free 30-minute call with me. We've been doing weekly chats with other real estate investors for months now, and the response has been great, but we're going to change things up a bit and focus. We are buying self-storage facilities. We have a great partner in North Carolina with a great track record of success, a background in construction, and we're partnering up to help him expand his portfolio. If you have an interest in learning more about investing in self-storage, on the active side, on the passive side, whatever your level of interest, we want to talk to you. There's no pitch here. We're not selling a coaching program. This is just a chance for us to network with other investors interested in self-storage. Also, if you're a current self-storage owner, we'd love to chat with you and perhaps have you as a guest on our show. If all that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go to roadtofamilyfreedom.com slash self-storage call and schedule a call there. I look forward to speaking with you. All right, enough out of us. Let's hit the road to family freedom. Greetings, friends and families. I'm Neil. And I'm Brittany. And you're listening to The Road to Family Freedom. Our guest this week is a self-storage investor who has spent the last several years systematizing and automating her storage facilities so that she can easily run them from her phone or tablet and only spend a few hours each week working on them. She also teaches others how to buy self-storage in her self-storage mastermind. Stacey Rossetti, welcome to The Road to Family Freedom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm honored. Absolutely. <laughs> so we've been, we've had this scheduled forever. I think we may have even scheduled this, I want to say before COVID, but it feels like it's, you've been on the schedule forever. So it's nice to finally. Yeah. See I get before. like, I'm, I, my schedule gets really booked up. Sorry. Oh, good for oh, you. Fine. No, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. All good. Uh, so uh, talk to us, give us the, the brief, like five minute version of how your journey into real estate investing. So, um, I actually started real estate investing 10 years ago. Um, and we started wholesaling and rehabbing. That's what we did. And, uh, <clears throat> I did a lot of rehabs. I did a lot in about, in about five years, I did about a hundred rehabs. I mean, just oh, wow. really cranking them out. And, um, I got really good at it, but what happened was in 2016, uh, I got pregnant, right? And uh, when I got pregnant, essentially, I was doing 20 rehabs at that time when I got pregnant. Oh, wow. And in my mind, I was thinking like, okay, I'm gonna be like a mother, uh, and how am I gonna handle 20 rehabs and have this like baby? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yes. I was just thinking to myself, there's just no way I'm gonna be able to do that. So what I did was um, I just, uh, I stopped buying, I stopped buying houses. 
Mm. You know, I just couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't imagine having 20 rehabs at one time and taking care of a little baby. So I stopped buying houses. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, the, with the rehabs, were you, was it like a flip or were you keeping them? No, I was flipping them. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was selling them as yeah, like retail value. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and when did you transition into storage? Uh, that was in 2016 or yeah, like li- li- later in 2015, I got pregnant and then I had Lillian in 2016. Yeah. So, and I, I stopped buying houses in 2017. Um, and I actually have, I'm actually doing one rehab right now, but, uh, normally I just, I'm just focusing on storage facilities now. I mean, it's just so much easier. <laughs> what, um, where, why did you transition or how did you get introduced to, to storage? So actually what happened was I told my realtor that I had been working with for the past, you know, six, seven years. I said, you know, I really want to get into passive income because what had happened was that I had done so many rehabs and, um, you know, with a rehab, you, you just, you never know when you're, when you're actually going to get paid. Right. You know, so like you say like, Oh, I'm going to do a rehab in three months or I'm going to do a rehab in six months or whatever. And then sometimes a year later, you're like, Oh, I haven't even sold this house. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so I just wanted to focus on uh, passive income and really build that up. And so I told my realtor, I said, I need passive income. Like I want, you know, I need some, you know, I need something that's going to bring this money. And so we started looking at like, we looked at multifamily. Uh, we looked at like portfolios, buying portfolios of houses. Um, and then he, and he just happened to come across uh, um, a storage facility that was about 15 minutes from my house that had been sitting on the market for five years and nobody had bought it. So, um, so he said, you know, you should just go check this out, you know, and, and I had in my mind, I'd never, ever thought about buying storage facility. You know, I always was just like, I'm a, I'm a house girl. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so I went over and I took a look at that. I look at the storage facility and it was a dump. It was a dump. I mean, and, and the, and the way, when I say dump, as in like, it was a dumping ground, literally, like he just didn't keep up with it. The owner didn't keep up with it. Um, there were tires. I think there was probably around 500 tires everywhere. And you know, those things are like horrible to keep around, you know? And, um, you know, just the fence was falling apart and there was, there was actually parking at the facility. And what he would do is just be like, Oh, just go, go find a spot just go find a spot. So there was like no like real structure and how he was parking, you know? So, um, so it was really, it was just really was very chaotic. And he had had the, the owner, his name was, um, his name was, uh, I think it was John. I can't remember. It was Johnny, but he was like, uh, you know, he just said, I'm just, I've had this thing for like almost 30 years. He's like, I'm just tired of it. I don't want it anymore. I don't care. He's like, it's free and clear. I'm making a couple thousand dollars a month. He's like, I just, I really don't want it anymore. You know, and that's just kind of how it felt. And when I went to go look at it, you know, I'm a rehabber at heart. Right. So when I looked at it for me, it wasn't really even scary for me. It was like, yeah, this is looking good. (laughs) Smells like money. And uh, what was that? Smells like money. Exactly. Exactly. For me, I was like, yeah, this is like, this is like, I, I, when I went there, I was looking, I was like, this is, there's a really a lot of opportunity in this. And, um, so I just, um, basically just, uh, um, you know, just, you know, talked, tried to talk to the owner, you know, and try to, uh, try to get a hold of the owner. And we set a, we set a meeting up with the owner and the owner was in his, I think he was, he said he was like 87 or 88 years old. Oh, and wow. he just, his wife wanted to move to, uh, to Florida. 
And so he had been trying to sell it for five years. And, um, and the reason he didn't sell it is because he was actually, he had it on the market for what it was, what it should have been worth. Mm. Right. So he had it on the market at $500,000. And, um, you know, and so after I talked to him, I kind of got his story and, you know, and, um, he was basically trying to tell me that he was trying to sell it. You know, you know, he thought, and that's, this is how a lot of sellers are. Honestly, he thought it was worth $500,000, you know, that's, you know, and so I had to explain to him that it just was, it wasn't worth that much. And that's why nobody was putting any offers. And you would think like a realtor would tell him this, right. But especially if it's on on the market for five years, but they didn't tell him this. I recently looked at a facility that's been on the market for two years and it's exactly that the, the seller is basically trying to get someone to buy it for the value that they would have to create to make it worth that. Uh, and I, I'm just like, that's not the way it works. I mean, the real and the realtor is like, yeah, I know. I told him that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, my students, they come across this all the time. I just talked to a student yesterday and he was like, you know, the, the owner is the owner wants to sell it for four hundred thousand. It's like it's like half full. And I'm like, it's not worth that much. You know, it's just not worth, you have to, you have to explain. And so essentially what you have to do, and this is basically what I teach my students is like, you have to get to the seller uh, before the realtor does, which kind of sounds bad, you know, in a way, but um, and just the reason why is because most realtors do not understand how to analyze commercial deals and especially storage facilities because storage facilities are really analyzed like a warehouse. That's really how they're analyzed because they're analyzed on square footage. They're not even analyzed on doors. Like we don't talk about doors in the storage facility world. We talk about square footage and like, you know, most realtors, they just really don't, they don't understand this. So you have to, you know, you you try to get to the sellers. And what I teach my students is get to the sell. I mean, sorry, get to the sellers before the realtors do. That's your goal. So you can educate them on what your true cost is. And so they're not just sitting on the market for, you know, years and years and years. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. (laughs) Um, Do you want, can you tell us a little bit more about that first facility, get kind of more of the details on it? Yeah. So it was, um, it's like, it wasn't on a main street. It was kind of off a of main street, but it's in a really, it's in a suburb uh, south of Atlanta called Fayetteville. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's in kind of an, in an industrial area, you know, these kind of like industrial areas, you know, kind of like this. And, um, so it had a 64, essentially it was on three acres and it had 64 units, just one long skinny building essentially is what it looks like. And then, um, around it was where he was parking, was parking it. And he had roughly around 40, I think around 40, about 35 to 40 cars there. And, um, when, when I went to go look at it, um, and it was all gated, right? But the gate was broken, of course, so I could just drive in. And um, so, and I went to go look at it and um, the cars were parked, you know, so crazy that he could only get like 35 to 40. But when I, so what I did is I, I drove around and I kind of mentally said, okay, like how many actual lanes can I create? And so in parking, that's what they're called. They're called, you know, they're called lanes, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, how many lanes can I, can I make? So I was just counting them around and it came out to like 60 to 70 lanes and oh, he wow. was only had like 35. So it's like really double of what it was, it was a huge, big, 
lot and he had a lot of parking there. Now, a lot of people would say like, I don't want to put park. I don't want parking. I just want to put like storage facilities there. Right. I actually love parking um, because you don't have to put any buildings up and then people just pay you to park on the land, you know? So that's one of the things that my husband and I are focusing on right now is just buying land and then just doing parking on it as well. You know, yeah. just have to fence it in and that's it. But, um, so it's about, it was like 64 units and then it came out to about 60 to 70 parking spaces in my mind. So that came out to, let's just say 120 to 125 uh, units. Okay. And, um, on average in that area. So what I did is I called the competition and tried to figure out like, what is everybody charging for all their units? And this is like one of the ways that I teach is call your competition and see what they're charging so that you can figure out like what you should be charging. And, um, and it was like, it was around, uh, it was like, it was like uh, $60 for a 10 by 10. And it was about $120 for a, um, a, a 10 by 20. Right. And that's what he had is two t- 10 by 10s and 10 by 20s. And um, so, and then the parking came out to around, it, it started at $60 per uh, lane. And we have like at that parking facility, what's really awesome is since it's in a, uh, an industrial area, we have a lot of like, we have tow trucks, dump trucks, big rigs, box trucks. Like it just happens to be that that's kind of what we're parking in that area. And they pay like, of course, more money for that. Right. You know, so big rigs, I mean, big rigs are used to paying two, $300 a month to park their, you know, their truck somewhere. And we charge like a hundred dollars a month is what we charge. So essentially we're charging roughly about between 75 and a hundred dollars a month for our parking. And, um, you know, so let's just say that we charge $80 a month for our parking and we have 60 slots there, let's just say, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's about almost five grand a month just for that alone. And in my mind, as I was driving around, I was calculating this and then we had, let's say 64 units at, you know, like, let's just say 60, $60 a square foot. Right. So that comes out to another like 30, you know, let's say four grand. Right. Yeah. So total, it was in my mind, it was like five plus four is like $9,000 a month of opportunity that you could be making on the bare minimum. Right. And, um, and so I talked to the owner and I went to go meet him and walked around. It was a me. And then I brought actually my lender, because the thing is, is with these types of uh, properties, you cannot go to a bank and you can't get financing for these. Yeah. Right. So you can get financing for like a cash flowing property that, you know, ha- that, that the, the owner wants, will give you the P and L on the balance sheet. Right. You can go and get great financing right now for those. Right. But for, um, for these types of properties, you have to get up. You have to have a private lender to lend you the money on this. Right. And, um, and I talked to, and when I talked to the owner, um, you know, I asked him, I said, how much are you making per month on this? You know, so I have an idea. And he said around $2,500, oh, wow. $2,500. And the opportunity was like nine grand a month. Mm-hmm. And in my, when he told me that I started getting like chills <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, um, so I told him, you know, so we, so he told in the basically, and, and he, and I asked him, I said, what is your occupancy? I was obviously it's not full. He's like, Oh no, no, no. We're a hundred percent full. He's yeah. like, he's like, nobody's paying. Yeah. Right. Or like, he just never, like, he never even cleaned the units out. Like somebody would not pay. And they just, that stuff had been sitting there for years and years and years. And he was just like, I don't even care anymore. Right. <laughs> and so he was like, oh yeah, no, we're a hundred percent full. He's like, we're just like, I only get like maybe 25 to 30% are paying. And that's why he was only making the 25, you know, $2,500 a month. 
And so, of course, when he started telling me that, I was just sort of getting really excited, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I told him, I said, well, you know, um, you know, I'm going to have to borrow, you know, private money. I've brought my lender here so he can see it. And basically what I was doing was I was going to just start rolling my money over from like my rehabs to storage facilities, right? Everybody that was funding me for my rehabs, I was just convincing them like, Hey, why don't we just move over to storage now or something else and get out of rehabs? And they were all just like, sure, you know, it's fine. You know, they don't really, lenders don't care. They just want to get their money. Right. You just have to convince them to do like a longer term loan. You know, that's the only thing is they have to be able to do like three or five five-year kind of, you know, loans instead of one-year loan. Mm-hmm. Once they start doing their, their the longer loans, though, and they get paid on a monthly basis, man, they love that. <laughs> Lenders just love that, you know. So, um, but yeah, so I brought my lender over and he was walking. He was like, yeah, no, Stacey, this is a really good deal. And um, and so he was, and so he he wanted it for $500,000. The only one to sell for 500,000. I told him, I said, I said, the reason, I said, the reason why you can't sell it, number one, is because you're not providing a PL on the balance sheet. You don't have this. And I said, in fact, I, I would like to see your numbers. Where are they? And we were in his office and he opened up a drawer and he took out this like ledger and he opened it up and it was like a ledger and i was like this is why nobody can buy this all right and you have to bring a private money money lender in you know and he was like fine you know he, he understood and uh and i said he said and i said how you know you're only making twenty five hundred dollars a month and you know what's happening to all the rest of the money he said he just takes cash and he just pockets it that's what he does he just pockets that money all the time and you'll hear time after time again with storage investors this is exactly what they do they have some property they have land they go out and they just build a storage facility and then they just bring that in as as, as extra income for themselves and they only take cash you know so you can't you have to have lenders for this you have to have private lenders for this So anyways, so then I, um, so I said, okay, well, because I have to borrow this money at like, you know, 10% interest rate, uh, you know, I'm going to have to offer you like a really low offer. I really want to buy this place. I would love to buy it, clean it out, make it look good. I said, but you're going to have to work with me on that. And he said, well, what's your offer? And I said, my offer is $200,000. And he was like, no. (laughs) I'm not selling it for $200,000, you know? And I said, okay, well, that's my offer. So, um, you know, think about it. Let me know if you change your mind, just give us a call. But I would love to buy this. And in fact, I can close in 30 days. Like I can close next week if you want, because my lender, he's got the money right here. We can close whenever you want. And so he said, no, I'm not going to do $200,000. I said, okay. So uh, the next day, the realtor called me back and said, okay, $250,000. And I said, fine, I'll take it for $250,000. <laughs> And so, and in my mind, that was the number that I was actually thinking was 250,000, but I told him 200 just to see what he was saying. And uh, he took it, he took it for 250,000 and we closed, we closed, uh, you know, a couple months later. And then, and I literally had no idea what I was doing with the storage facilities. I I had no idea. I just said, okay, we're going to buy this thing and just see what happens. And, 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 and in the storage investing world, there's no like, there's very few like online courses or like, yeah. you know, it's not like in the real estate investing where like, you know, we can have all these gurus, gurus and you can all this. There was just like, you know, there wasn't a lot out there. So I really had to figure it out on my own. And it took us when I bought that, it took me a good year to, to really figure it out. Um, 
I didn't, I honored all the rates of all of the tenants. I said, I'm not going to raise any rates. And he was charging. That was another thing. He was charging like half of what he should have been charging. Mm. Right. And, um, so I said, I'm going to just honor this and I'm going to just, you know, and then later down the road, I'll raise the rates, rates and stuff, you know, but I don't want to lose any of the tenants. And the truth is the truth of the matter is, is that what happened is I really should have just raised the rates right in the very beginning because all the, the bad tenants would have gotten out and then yeah. just left. Right. Yeah. And I dealt for a year with all these people that had always paid cash, right. Never had to use a card for, uh, before, um, you know, and they just, you know, they just were taking care of, I mean, they're taking advantage of the whole situation. So for me to go through and do what I call train my tenants, it was like for that first year, that was really, really tough. You know, so I was training myself and trying to learn everything. And at the same time, getting these tenants to pay and get all up caught up on all of the different, you know, everything that they owed or like, you know, just even pay on a monthly basis. And um, so uh, it took a good, it took a good six months for us to really kind of get the bad tenants out and then start really uh, automating and systematizing everything. And um, I'm, if anybody, if anybody ever has ever heard or talked to me, um, I, I teach, like, I basically teach students how to systematize and automate their rehabs. It's like one of the things that I did before. So now I just kind of transfer that over to, to, to storage. And I wanted to, and, you know, do that internally for myself. And, um, and so now, like, and the, and the way that we we automate our, our 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 stuff is we just make it completely electronic. I mean, just basically, you just make it electronic. That's the best thing about self storage, is that you can just pay online on the first every single month, and you know, and really that's it. And so it's kind of like getting them all, getting all these tenants. Uh, you know, as used to paying with a card and, you know, paying on the first and, you know, not being late. And then what we did is we like, as soon as we started, uh, you know, as soon as we owned the facility, it was essentially like rent is due on the first. It's late by the fifth. On the fifth, you get a $10 late payment. On the 15th, we do have overlock, right? And if we overlock, if you don't pay by the 15th and you're overlocked and you have a $25, you know, late payment for that. And then on the 25th of the month, if you don't pay, then you're going and you, we start the auction process and you get a $25 late payment for that. So essentially we had to implement this, these kind of rules for the tenants and uh, teach them kind of, this is what we're going to do. And then we had to put our foot down. Yeah, we literally had to put our foot down to get them to do that, and um, and then and and then automate it so so much so that it's essentially they were all online, and then we could just email them and say like and just notify them per email as well. So it's not like we ever had to call up, and you know, in the beginning we had to call up and be like, "You're late again, you're late again," you know. But now it's just like it's so automated that it's like if you don't pay by the twenty fifth, I'm sorry, auction process has started, yeah. and it just starts automatically. And uh, within the next uh, 30 days, your stuff is going to be auctioned off, right? Gotcha. And all of our tenants now, I mean, uh, we have uh, we have quite a few facilities. They all just, they all know this. That's awesome. What's the storage uh, management software that you use? We use storage. Storage? Gotcha. Yeah, we use storage, yeah. And storage is, um, we use, we, and, and there's a, there's a couple of really good ones out uh, storage for us. We just like the interface and, um, and the customer service is, is actually really, really well as well too. Um, and they have a really, a lot of features and what they do is they actually listen to customers. So my husband manages all of our storage facilities right now. And so he'll just call up and say like, you know, I noticed that your, your software doesn't do this. You know, can I, you know, put a, a suggestion in and they'll like, they'll literally listen to your suggestions and then they'll implement like, Oh, the, the people really want this or whatever. So I really like that about storage. So they listen to what, 
what you think is is the best thing and then they'll implement it for you gotcha that's how the auction process like became online for storage now so it's just completely automated yeah. because before we before we it was automated we had to go on and like man we had to go do manually do it and it's really time consuming to do all that you know so now it's just automated it's nice gotcha have you do you have any experience with any other management softwares good or bad no, we've just used storage. So I know there's easy, I knew easy self storage is out there. There's another one It's called easy self storage, which everybody loves. And when I got on, when I started using it, like almost five years ago, um, uh, or I guess 2017, so whatever, how many is that four years? So they like easy self storage was very basic and it was just brand kind of brand new, whereas storage had been around for a couple of years. So the interface for storage was a little bit more user friendly versus easy, easy self storage. Now easy self storage I've heard is like they're, they've reconfigured everything and it's really nice as well too, you know? Yeah. So you just want to kind of check out, check them all out and see yeah. what would be the best is for you. Yeah. Yeah. My partner uh, has been using storage for a long time and oh cool and and he's now he's sort of dipping his toe he's talking to easy storage solutions and sort of finding out what they've easy got storage to offer solutions, that's what it's called yeah, yeah easy got, storage what they've got to yeah. offer as well so yeah i don't want to i'm just too lazy to switch yeah. all that over yeah I mean, yeah it's a bit, yeah it's a big project yeah <laughs> yeah it's like once you get into storage facilities you're like oh yeah i don't, know. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to yeah. do any work anymore yeah. yeah yeah make it as easy as possible uh so yeah. going back to the first deal uh, it was $250,000 purchase price with private money. Uh, did your, did your lender make you put any money into the deal or was it, did they funded hundred percent? I do hundred percent funding with all my lenders, which is, which is also awesome too. So I have, you know, million, millions of dollars worth of storage facilities and I have yet to put any money in. Now I do also get owners to seller finance to me as well. Yeah. Right. As well. And so I did. I, I And one of them, he he wanted twenty five thousand dollars down the other. All the other ones. Um, no money down. Gotcha. So it's possible to do. As I said, I teach my students, it's possible to buy storage facilities with no money down because yeah. I do it all the time. You just have to learn how to you just have to learn how to do that, you know, yeah. and that's yeah, that's that's, that's basically creative deal structuring. Okay. Yeah. Is yeah. it the does the um, interest go up on something like that? You know, I've been, I mean, I've been working with my lenders now for years and years and years. And I, they always charge me like anywhere from uh, like nine to 10%, something like that is what I pay for my, my, my private lenders. Uh, now when they own or finance to, to me, I'm paying like five to 6%. Yeah. Right. Is what I'm paying. So basically what I tell the owners when they want it, when they're, when they're open to owner financing, I say, let's just do like what the bank calls for. Right. Yeah. So you be the bank. Now the banks, I mean, now you can get like 3.75% yeah. interest or something like this, you know? So I always offer, I said like, let's do four, anywhere from four to 6% interest. That's what I say now. Yeah. And I'm okay with paying like, you know, five or 6%. Interest. I'm fine with yeah. that, you know, yeah. like, especially if they want to be the bank, you know, for 10 or 12, I mean, these, they'll do the bank for, you know, I can pay these things off in 10 to 12 years. Now I focus on facilities that are a million dollars or less, but my sweet, my sweet spot is like around maybe six, 600 to like 300,000 to 600, something like that is what I yeah. do. So I do the smaller facilities. And then what I do is I strategically kind of like plan that they're all in the same area. So 
and I do groups of five, like maybe like anywhere from four to six. And I'll say, okay, okay. Now I found this really good one is right here. I just found it. And so now I'm going to just look in this area and buy like two or three or four more of them and I'll group them. And then my goal, hopefully if I ever want to sell is like, you can just sell five of these at one time altogether. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. I mean, You're competing against yourself, kind of. <laughs> and exactly. I'm like right in the same area. Yeah. yeah. So that everybody just sees it. Miss Lillian's, Miss Lillian. Because my, my storage facilities are Miss Lillian Self Storage, um, which is named after my daughter. That's cool. That's great. That's, That's awesome. Great. Um, so that first facility was a real rundown, you know, junker. Um, and it's one of the things that you now specialize in. Um, so any, any quick tips on, you know, how someone, uh, you know, how and where to search for those? Yeah. So basically what I tell everybody is you cannot find storage facilities online, right? Because, and the reason why is because there's, first of all, number one, way too much competition. Everybody that doesn't really know how to find the hidden market they go, they just go on, they go online. Right. Um, number one. And number two, the like commercial brokers, I, you know, I love realtors. I mean, I work with them all the time, but like I said, they just don't know how to analyze deals because the way that storage facilities work is like when you're in like a major metropolis, like if let's say I'm in Atlanta and I'm looking for a storage facility, you want to run your numbers based on like a five to 7% cap rate, like an 8% cap rate within like Atlanta is like awesome. You never see this, right? But you'll see like a six or 7% cap rate. The farther that you go out, the bigger your cap rates are going to be right. And especially out in the country, if you find like, like a mismanaged storage facility. I mean, I buy all my storage facilities are like 15% cap rate or higher, right? But the thing is, is that if a realtor comes, they don't understand this concept and they're running their numbers based on like 7% cap rate. Right. So like a store, I find like realtors that, that run, like they'll be out in the country looking at a storage facility and they'll run their numbers on like a six cap or a seven cap. And, um, and then the, the store, the, the facility is like millions of dollars and it should only be like a couple hundred thousand dollars. You yeah. Know? So yeah. my personal opinion, that's the way I look at it. And, um, and so, um, so yeah, so we buy, so we buy based on cap rate and I'm shooting for double digit cap rates for me just because I don't buy in like metropolises. I don't buy in those areas. I buy in tertiary or like what's past tertiary. <laughs> I buy out in the country. Third, third tier. Third tier. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what I buy personally, but um, you know, so that's a million dollars or less. And that's what you're going to get for a million dollars. I mean, you, if you want like huge, big facilities, well then, you know, it's going to be millions of dollars. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and that, what I do, what I do is I teach my students like, you know, get your first deal under contract, you know, get it a couple hundred thousand, you know, four or $500,000 is fine. I, and then after that, hold on to it. You could do a 10, you know, once you build that equity up and you value add that you could just do a 10, 31 exchange and just exchange into a bigger facility if that's what you want yeah right and that's kind of what i teach my students as well yeah well the people need to realize that cap rate is also a function of risk you know so the lower the cap rate the lower the risk the higher the cap rate the higher the risk and so when you go out into those tertiary markets it's a higher risk and that's why it should be a 10 to 15 percent cap rate instead of a seven percent cap in the heart of of atlanta or denver or las vegas you know and so that's the thing that the the realtors don't understand they just know oh i see this really nice facility down the street it's valued at a seven cap 
It's like, well, this one out in the country, you know, has a fence that's falling down. There's only, you know, only 3,000 people within a three-mile radius. Uh, it's a smaller town, a smaller renter pool. It's a higher risk, so it should be a higher cap rate. Well, and, and the thing is, too, is that, like, there's so much competition in the city. This is my personal opinion. Like, I don't know why it's considered, I mean, it's considered less risky, but the truth is, is they're running their numbers at like 70 or 80% full, you know? So for me, like all my facilities are full, all of them, right? Cause so when you're out in the country and there's only a couple of facilities around, you're always full. So you can run your numbers based on like 90% full, you know? And, but, but in the city, like, I just, I noticed that these kind of bigger facilities are, they're always 70 to 80% full and they're at a six cap, you know? So, and the thing is, it's like, you know, you put money, you go and you buy this facility for $3 million and then you value add it and you add a couple hundred thousand dollars of value add to it and you can sell it later and make whatever, you know, half a million dollars. It's like, I can do that out in the country with only $300,000. I mean, I'm buying a facility right now for five, for $550,000. And he's, he literally is the cheapest person around and he's a hundred percent full. And, um, once I value add that and then run it, I mean, it's going to be worth almost a million dollars. You know, it's like, you know, so I don't quite, you know, get the whole, like, you got to be down in the city to make 500,000 when you could be out in the country and also make a couple hundred thousand dollars as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there, uh, is there uh, any sort of a population limit where you won't go that low? I mean, cause I've, I've, I got offered a facility recently where the, the population was like 350 people. <laughs> you know, we buy, we buy these, these, these low as well. I'll buy, I'll buy. I mean, um, you know, just, it depends on how many storage facilities are around as well too. Like if it's the only one in a town of, of, of a thousand people, then I'm, I'm, I'm for that. Now, just as long as the price is right. Yeah. All right, baby. You know what I'm yeah. Just as long again. as the price is right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, part, so part of your focus is teaching people what you call the sort of six departments of self-storage investing. Can you talk to us about, you know, what those are and a little bit more about each one? Yes. All right. So basically, uh, so when you invest in real estate, you don't really realize this, but your company is 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 created with or made up of six different departments or right, my personal this is this, this is what i'm thinking okay this is the way i teach in my mind so six departments so um you have your like and and the way and what i what i tell my students is like create like an organizational part, a chart so at the beginning at, at your organizational chart essentially is you at the top and then you're going to have these six departments right you're going to have your office admin your marketing department acquisitions finance, management, and then liquidations. And you don't realize this, but all six of those departments always are, they'll always have something going on within them. And if you really kind of break it down, what you're gonna do is you're gonna break down what needs to get done in each of those departments. And then once you break that down, then you realize, okay, oh, now I have to be working on this, 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 and this, all right? So in your office admin, it's gonna be something like, you know, you got to get your phone set up, right? You got to have phones to, to be able to answer the phones for your, uh, for your storage facility, for your tenants. All right. You've got to, and I teach how to use Google drive or use some sort of like, um, 
uh, you know, like a cloud management system to manage all of your documents and things like this. And so we set, we have, uh, we set it up. So we're completely electronic. We're pretty much hundred percent electronic, maybe 95% electronic. We run our whole business that way. And that's, and the reason why we do that is because you're out, like you're never, really at your desk. I barely, you know, you're not sitting at your desk all day long. So you want to be able to like, just manage it from your phone. Right. So I just have like the drive on my phone and I pull up whatever I need to pull Miss Lily in self-storage. And then I'll open up that folder and whatever I need in that folder. And I can just find all my documents. And so I set it up. I set my company up so that everything is completely electronic. So I can be anywhere in the world and still manage my facilities. Right. So that's kind of office admin, you know, and we, and, and that's the first step setting up your office, getting your companies all set up, however you want to structure those. And then the second department is your marketing department. And the best thing about the mar- about marketing for storage, the way that I teach people to find storage facilities is um, like, you really don't even need a budget. You need like no budget, right? Because what I teach is like, you should just be looking online for storage facilities, but not like online going to like Crexy or dot, you know, LoopNet or whatever. Like you should be just looking on Google maps. This is what I do is I just go on Google maps. I search for storage facilities. I take out all of the major storage facilities, all the big box storage facilities. I take all those out. And then, um, and then I, I, you know, I'll, I'll start by just calling all the ones that are on the storage, you know, on the list and say, Hey, is anybody interested? Right. And selling, are you interested in selling? But, um, other than that, we just do satellite imagery. And then I look around for the ones that are not on Google listings, because the thing is, is that to get on Google listings is actually kind of hard. If you don't, if you've never really been on the Google business, my business or whatever, and you're 80 years old, you know, you're not going to be sitting and going, oh yeah, I'm going to like do this. And you have mail a postcard and half of the storage facilities anyways, don't even have a mailbox, right? Cause they just forward all their, their message and Google listings. If you, in order to get on that, you have to have a mailbox to send the postcard, get the code, put it in. That's really a lot of steps to do that. And it's kind of annoying actually, but, um, so you want to find those storage facilities that are not uh, like are not marketed online. I call that the hidden market. And you can do that by just satellite imagery, looking, going around and looking for storage facilities that look like buildings. Now this is kind of time consuming, but, um, but honestly, every deal pretty much, except for the very first one that I've ever fought, that I found, this is, this is exactly how I found them. And I just, I go directly to those storage facility owners and I talk to them and then I, um, I, and I get my, my deals under contract. And those two, those are the ones that are more open to even owner financing. Those are the ones, the hidden market storage facilities are ones that are open to owner financing. And why? Because, you know, they haven't, they, they weren't even thinking about selling. And then you mention, oh, like, I'd like to buy your facility. And this is exactly what happened with the one I have under contract. He's like, I was never even thinking about selling, but you know what? I'm kind of interested in selling, you know? And he doesn't even have a website. Yep. Nothing. He has nothing yeah. at all. Yeah. And so I found him online and then I drove. And then what I do is called driving for storage facilities. And I drive around and I'll map it out and I'll go around and I'll drive and I'll drive around and try to find, I'll use the ones that are online as kind of like my markers, wherever there are online storage facilities, there's definitely storage facilities that are not online that are there. And so the goal is to try to find the ones that are not online because those are the best deals out there. So that's basically, 
basically your marketing department, right? And then you have your acquisitions and acquisitions is where you're like, you're making offers. And I teach my students, you've, you've got to come up and be creative with your offers. Like you just don't want to give a cash offer. You want to come up with like creative deal structuring, you know, owner financing. So for instance, like this guy, he wanted like a certain amount of money for the one that I'm buying right now. I was like, I'm not going to pay that unless you owner finance part of it. I'll come up with some money and then you come up with some money. He was like, yeah, I'll do that. Right. So you have to like, you have to really understand creative deal structuring, how to negotiate, how to talk to sellers that's under your acquisitions, how to, how to look up um, competition. So you, I say, look up comps, Right. But it's not comps like in the essence of houses. It's like comps, like looking up competition. And then after you get your acquisitions, you get it under contract, then you got to finance the deal. Right. That's your next department. And inside that department is like you've got to be talking to every type of lender out there, especially right now. There's so much money out there. There's so much cheap money. You want to be able to find, uh, you want to find, uh, you know, and if you have a W-2 job, man, you've got it good right now, right? Because you can get super low rates um, on on commercial uh, loans right now. I have a student that just got like a 3.75% interest rate on like a 25-year loan, a five, it's a 20, it's a, it's a five-year balloon and a 25-year loan. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing money right there. And so... So you want to learn about creative deal structuring. You want to learn about private lenders, hard money lenders, and uh, like commercial brokers. You really need to understand too under finance and uh, you need to understand creative, uh, you need to understand commercial deal analysis, right? So you need to understand cap rate, cash on cash return, yield, you know, your debt service ratio. You need to understand how to really, that's the hardest part about storage facilities is really understanding creative deal structuring and commercial deal analysis, right? So that's under financing, right? And then, and then the next department is your management. And that's where I teach, like, train your tenants. Number one is training your tenants. And number two is like, is like, um, is like actually setting your business up so that it's truly passive income. I mean, we buy storage facilities because we want passive wealth, right? We want passive income. But I mean, every storage facility owner that I ever buy from, guess what? They get up every day and they go work at their storage facilities. They're answering the calls and they're just sitting and doing nothing all day long. Who wants to do that? Right. Me, I don't want to do that. Right. So let's set our business up so they're truly passive. Right. And so that's that's basically what you have to do. And the thing is, is that like I think what is it like, you know, in the first like five, uh, three years, like what, 85 percent of all small businesses fail or something like this. Right. It's like some ridiculous number. And the reason why is because these, these people do not really know how to run businesses and they just don't. You know, so they just have a piece of land, they go out, build it, but they don't think about how to run it. Right. So I see like you got to you got to learn how to find them. You got to learn how to fund them and you got to learn how to run them. And running is actually the most important part. Right. So that comes under the management. How do you run your businesses? Does you actually make a profit and make it truly passive? So for me, I'm traveling now for two months around the country. And I'm not even working on my storage facilities, right? <laughs> you know, so, and that's truly passive income, right? Yeah. And that's the management department. And then the final department is liquidations, right? So like I said, I structure my businesses so I can create portfolios, right? I create them, you know, so that eventually down the line, if I want to sell, I can sell, right? And, and then you can do, you can sell them and actually buy a bigger facility, move up, you know, and do whatever you want. And if you don't want to buy big ones, you just keep small ones. But essentially you could 1031 exchange out of it, or you could create portfolios that you want to sell. And that's the liquidations part. So that's like my six step system. 
right? So it's office admin and then marketing, acquisitions, finance, management, and then liquidations. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> um, about that. Uh, a few, yeah. Um, so on the on the finance side, you know, when you're talking to an owner, and I think I probably know the answer to this. How are you couching it to the owner when you suggest owner finance? Because a lot of them, you know, uh, there are some there are some owners that get it, and then there's some that just completely don't get it, and they're like, "Well, I don't, I, I just want out. I just want you to give me the money and 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 let me out." I always bring up capital gains. That's one of my key, key negotiation skills is the capital gains. Like, okay, so you're going to make like 500 grand right now. Oh, are you, are you ready to pay all those taxes? <laughs> you know, but see the thing with the, the, the facilities that I buy, the ones that are like the tertiary or third ring or, you know, all these out in the country ones, like it's all about, it's all about rapport. It's all about rapport. Right. You've got to connect with these ones. You've got to connect with these people. So, for instance, like I drove around and I found the storage facility and then I gave him a call and I said, you know, I'm interested in buying your storage facility. Um, you know, would you be interested to sell? And he's like, you know, I never really thought about it, but I'm like, I'm, we are kind of ready to sell. You know, and I said, I'd love to come up and meet you like, you know, when like, you know, when can you meet? And I was like, he's like, I can meet right now. And I was like, all right, I'm coming up. And it was like a 45 minute drive to come up to, 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 to see him. I live in the North Georgia mountains and he was kind of like 45 minutes North of me. And I said, all right, I'm coming up. So I just dropped everything I did and I just drove up. And, um, I mean, we spent like two hours together. He took me, he showed me all his land. He drove me around. He said, this is my daughter's house. This is my house. He's like a little tiny town. This is the, these are my cows. Oh, this land. He's like, you should definitely buy this piece of land over here because it's a good, this would be a good one for your, your storage facility. You should, you should add on here. <laughs> this is the thing. He, and he would just drove around and he just told me his like, oh, he's like, this is how I run my business. It's what we do. And all this kind of stuff. And we just hung out for like two hours and he just showed me around. And then after the two hours, like, I really like you. He's like, I think I want to sell my facilities to you. And I was like, oh, Awesome. And that's literally how it does. And then when I started talking to him, I said, well, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I said, I can only pay this much. I can only come out of pocket this much. And he said, well, I really want to sell it for this much. I said, well, if you want to sell it for that much, you have to own or finance some of it because I'm not going to, I'm not going to come out of pocket for that. And he said, all right, well, you know, he said, let me think about it. You know? And I said, and I said, don't, I said, I said, keep in mind, I said, you're going to have to pay some capital gains on this. So you might as well just push that out a couple of years and just pay a little bit of capital gains now and some later. And he said, okay, I'll think about it. So he called me back the next day and he just said, yeah, let's do it. You know? So and I gave, I put a 90 day, a 90 day uh, closing on us. I, I said, it's going to take me a little while to come up with this money and stuff, you know? So uh, can we just close them like 90 days? I said, yeah, that's fine. You know, it's like no rush for them because they were really expecting to sell anyways, you know? So for them, and that's how I'm telling you every storage facility owners like this out in the country, they're all just easy going. They want to work with you. Yeah. And if you bring uh, if you negotiate with them, they'll negotiate with you. Yeah. Well, and it really, you know, they don't want to feel like they're being taken advantage of. Um, you know, they want to feel like this is a this is a business that they've built from the ground up and they want exactly. to feel like they're handing it off to someone who's going to take good care of it. Yeah, uh, in most cases, yep. I mean, there's some that are just like, oh, whatever, get it off, you know. But oftentimes I think that's it's kind of it's like a baby that they're handing off, you know. 
Yes, exactly. That's exactly how it is. And it's all about rapport and it's about connection. And so you just want to, you want to listen to their stories, what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or all of, uh, is all of this done? I mean, do you always go out and meet the owner face to face? Um, Or have you ever bought a facility where it's just been too far away? Are they all sort of within driving distance? No, I'm like always, like my, my rule is within two hours of my house. So I don't go out and I do have students that are like, they're like living in Los Angeles and then they're looking because got obviously in Los Angeles you can't buy anything, yeah. you know, unless it's like millions of dollars, or whatever. So they're going out and looking like outside. And, and actually there are a lot of storage facility owners out there that they live. Like I have a, a really good friend that lives in Pennsylvania and he has all his storage facilities in Louisiana. Right. So this is that if once you get it all set up and it's truly passive, you know, and, and get it electronic, it's like, you can be anywhere. You could yeah. be anywhere. Yeah. Cool. Do you have any more questions about I, that? No. Okay. Um, so you said you use Google Drive and you use storage. Are there any other tools that you mm-hmm. use to automate your facilities or your operations or anything in that realm? That's it. That's it. Uh, literally, it storage. I mean, that's, the storage has grown so much now that pretty much, I would say, eighty-five to ninety percent of what we do is all in storage. And what's what's awesome about storage is that um, you know each person has an account. And so in the account, I have all their notes and you can, and, and we try to keep everything like right in their account, you know, for the tenants is what I'm talking about. And so that way, like, if you have any issues or anything like that, you can just pull it up because you can see like when they open their emails, you can do text messages. You can see when they open their text messages, the phone number that we use is right through storage. So you can like manage that and they, it records all the calls and you can listen to all the calls back later. And if anybody calls and complains, you can just be like, uh, I just listened to this call, you know, I'm going to email it to you and you can hear your own voice saying this is what you said or whatever. And we, you know, and, and every once in a while we'll have to use that. But most of the time the tenants are yeah. really good to work with. And that's the one thing I love about storage facilities too, is that they're always, they're pretty much the tenants are, you know, and they're only worried about like, you know, it's only 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not like a rental where it's like a thousand dollars a month and you're like worried, can I pay my mortgage or something like this? Yeah. 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 There's a strange, yeah, this, it's weird uh, with storage and uh, versus residentials, you know, there's, um, it seems like there's a little more of an entitlement when, when you've got where it's, where someone lives, whereas when they just like, it's where they're storing their stuff, you know, if you raise their rates, you know, five bucks a month, they just kind of go, they'll make go, Ugh, I don't like that, but probably not enough to get in a truck and come and move their stuff down to the place down the street. Yeah. You know, um, whereas, exactly. you know, people get a lot more up in arms about, you know, you're raising my rent. This is not fair. You know, so. exactly. Yeah. And it's so funny because it took me like on my very first deal, it took me a year to, to raise the rents. I was too scared to do it. And I gave them like a 60 day notice. I emailed them out. Like we mailed letters. We emailed. I was like this whole thing that I did. And like out of a hundred tenants that we had, not one left, (laughs) not one. And I rate, I literally almost doubled the rates because you remember he was charging like 50%. I was like, we're going to go to like market rate now it's time. And I was like, so scared. And now what left? And I was thinking to myself, why in the heck did I not even raise those rents? (laughs) You know, uh, know, uh, six months, six months ago, or, and now my students, like I teach my students, like, if you got to raise rents, you might as well just do it and get it over with. (laughs) 
Well, and and because you you know it's a part of training the tenants, you know, and and finding the market that you want to be in. You know, I mean, Brittany and I, we we ran a, a short term rental for a long time, and we discovered very quickly that we didn't really want the people staying with us that want to be paying forty nine dollars a night for a place. You know, it's much more fun. It's it's you have a better class of customer when you're charging one hundred and nine. You know, uh, and that's the same yeah. thing with almost anything. You don't want to be down in down there uh, with the the kind of customers that are that price conscious. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, quick question in storage. Uh, does it include a call center? No, it does not. Not. I don't think as of yet it doesn't. Um, we it's it's very vertically integrated, uh, you know, so it does offer a lot of stuff. But that's the one thing that it doesn't. But you know what? I'm not sure if they're even going to do that or not. Uh, we don't we what we do is we have like essentially now we have an office manager and she manages our calls for us. And um, we actually I mean, when you start having a lot of facilities, using like a call center, it really gets to be too expensive anyways, because what a call center does is they just answer the calls. That's it. And they'll put the tenant in if needed, but like, they're not doing any other work at all. Right. Yeah. So for us, we kind of like weighed like the call center versus, um, you know, cause it was coming out like three, $4,000 a month for us a month just to have the call center. And I'm like, we could have like a full-time office manager doing that, you know, yeah. for even less than that, you know? Yeah. So we just have an office manager that, and actually our office manager, she's really kind of like our, our operations manager now is what yeah. she is. I mean, she really manages everything for us. And then my husband is the person that kind of manages all I, I spend the money and I buy the facilities and then he comes in and he manages all the facilities after that. And he probably works about maybe 20% of the time and she does 80% of the work. And, um, and then we have like a boots on the ground person for each one of our groups. We have a boots on the ground person. And, um, and then they go out once a week, that's it. Just once a week. And then they just like, you know, they pick up the trash, they do all the overlocks, they unlock any facilities, um, you know, anything like this, they clean out the facilities that people left you know, stuff behind or something like this. And that's, and we pay him just a couple hundred dollars a month, you know, for he, he handles about five, he handles five facilities. Uh, they handle like five facilities each. And then, um, and then, uh, and then, and then our office manager, she manages like everything else, pretty much like everything. Yeah. So, and that's it, you know, so it's really kind of more cost savings to do that instead of having yeah. a, a call center, yeah. a call center comes out to roughly around $300 a month. So maybe if you have one facility, like it's good, you know, but once you start building up, might as well just bring somebody in to do the work and then you don't have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, that's the, what, that's the thing. Do you want to do the work? Yeah. I don't want to do the work. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Last question. Uh, and we may have sort of already covered this, but I want to make sure we got it is when you were starting out, was there anything that you didn't know beforehand that you really had to learn how to do in order to be successful in self-storage? You know, yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's so funny because uh, my, my, uh, my father, he was, he's a financial planner. And when he was, um, when he had his, when I was little, when I was like a little girl, I used to work in his office. 
And so I have two sisters. I have me and then I have two younger sisters. And my younger sisters, they they rarely worked in his office. And I, and I, I was the one that would just go to his office and help him work. And it's so funny because I think all those skills of me like working in this office have really kind of created the person that I am today, which is very like, uh, you know, just very, uh, you know, it's all about systematizing and automation. And, um, and I'm huge on this. I'm huge on project management, systematizing and automation. And this is, uh, I think those skills from being a little girl working in that office all the way up to where I am now is really kind of created who I am, um, you know, and, and how everything's run. So I, like I said, I'm huge on just systematizing everything. And I like, I'm a, the type, like the type of investor I am personally is like the longer that I invest, the lazier I get. Right. And I'm always thinking to myself, how can I make the most amount of money with the least amount of work? You know, I have a four year old daughter, you know, so like all I'm thinking about is how can I spend more time with her and still make money? That's really kind of what I'm thinking about. And I, I really, truly, truly believe that self-storage is, is one of the best ways to do this. If you can figure out how to automate, systematize and make it like just passive, you know, and um, we figure that out. Um, and I think, uh, you know, so I'm excited about the future, what's going to happen, you know, because I can spend more time with her and just travel and do like two months, months trips and stuff like this. Yeah. How, how many hours, like a month, are you, you personally spending on, anything if you're not in acquisition mode so i do like essentially my job it, my jobs are i own the south atlanta ria which is a real, real estate investment association in atlanta and um and then and we're like completely virtual now which is because like nobody's meeting so like now it's like all virtual so i can be anywhere in the world and manage that as well and then um i coach uh, people, I coach uh, people how to get their first deal. That's kind of my thing. Um, so I do a lot of coaching, um, and then I do, um, and then I do self storage. But for me, on self storage, all I'm doing is trying to find. I'm finding storage facilities to buy and acquiring them. Once I acquire them, I hand them off to my husband, and then my husband manages them. And he probably, and honestly, every time I see him, I'm like, "Do you ever even work?" <laughs> like he never works. You know, it's so funny, you know, so he like, he probably works on managing the facilities, maybe a couple hours, uh, maybe let's say an hour a day to yeah. check on everything, get up, check on it. He has a meeting every morning with the office manager at 9 a.m. and they just kind of go over everything. And that's really it. And then every once in a while throughout the day, he'll work a little bit total number and i've calculated it out i calculated like i said like eight hours a week is what he works maybe you know something like this and you know he's making like eight hundred dollars an hour <laughs> you know some crazy thing right now you know with what we're doing to, uh, so awesome. yeah so i think uh that's kind of that's kind of how it goes kinda, yeah yeah <laughs> Do you okay. have any other questions i don't Awesome. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for sharing with our audience today. If any of them want to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to contact you? You, I, you can check out my website, stacyrosetti.com. Okay. Yeah, stacyrosetti.com. That's and the best way to get a hold of me. And it's S-T-A-C-Y-R-O-S-S-E-T-T-I.com. Okay. It'll be in the show notes. Yes, exactly. Stacy with no E. No E, yes. Not the correct way, not the serial killer way. Okay. Yeah, StacyRosetti.com. Yeah, check me out. And if anybody has any questions or anything like that, I'm here. And they can also find me on YouTube. I have a whole bunch of free trainings. Stacy Rosetti teaches. 
is you just Google that and that'll come up. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Nice to meet y'all. Nice I appreciate it. Okay, that was Stacy Rossetti from the Super Secret Investor Society. I love that name. At StacyRossetti.com. Uh, it was certainly wonderful talking, chatting with her, and uh, it was a, it was a, a fire hose full of knowledge there. Yes, fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, was there any sort of key lesson learned for you on this interview? Um, I think uh, I think one that was. That's important if you want to do these smaller facilities and sort of get into these tertiary, et cetera, markets is that you need to have a relationship with um, who you're purchasing from. And so really concentrating on being able to spend time with them and, and really um, get that rapport. And that's going to be what's going to help you to, to be able to purchase these smaller facilities that are, you know, the owners are kind of maybe not running them the best, but that's still sort of their personal thing that they have some personal, you know, some attachment to. Yeah. Well, and it, you know what you're looking for, you're looking for that value add uh, mm -hmm. property and that's really where the value is going to be. I mean, if you were in a, an A class primary market, you know, where there's a, a really nice looking facility, you know, it's like buying a retail house, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, we're big on, sort of the Burr method, which is just value add. Yeah. Um, and so when you're able to go in there and you're finding a, a mom and pop owner who has maybe not run it professionally, you know, they don't have a website, they're not advertising on Google. Yeah. Um, they're collecting everything by cash. There's a lot of value add there. Uh, and it's a very, really, it's not that hard and it's something you can, you can very quickly turn around. And so, you know, you can go in with, with a certain amount of money or in Stacey's case, not any money. And you can add that value very, very quickly without even having to actually build any more buildings. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, I, it was the, the way you see shirt searches. Uh, and I, mm -hmm. I actually had heard somebody talk about this before is literally just getting on Google maps and you, you just look for that, uh, very stereotypical storage facility footprint. And you can usually yeah. see them, yeah. um, Kind of like driving for dollars. Yeah, exactly. Except you're doing it uh, virtually on on Google Google Earth. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right. Um, what was the key piece of knowledge that she felt like she needed um, when she got started? Uh, systematizing and automation. Yeah. Um, absolutely. What one of the things she focuses on, and and uh, we're we're big believers in that as well. Uh, I need to be better about it. Um, but it's, uh, you know, you don't want to be as an investor, you don't want to be buying yourself a job. Yeah. The whole yeah. idea is that you're buying yourself an income stream, uh, that hopefully, uh, pays you an outside amount of money for the amount of work you do. Yeah. And the way you do that is with systems and automation. Um, money, how much money did it take, f uh, for her to get started with that first one? Zero. She was able to get a hundred percent, financing from a private lender. Yeah. And it sounds like pretty much everything except for, uh, well, I, it sounds like she's, she doesn't put any of her own money into it. Even with the one that she was talking about that she's doing right now, it sounded like she's probably still going to come to the table with money that's been lended just not the entire thing necessarily, or maybe she'll do hard money or something like yeah. that. I don't know. We didn't really get into those specifics, but, um, it's nice. You can get really creative if you don't have the, the cash, yeah. um, to do a down payment. Yeah. 
what about time? How much time does she spend on her real estate endeavors now? Um, I mean, we didn't really get into the time on her. For her husband, it's like eight hours a week, and he does like the management side. I, I mean, I would guess that she, I don't know, with it probably depends on if she's doing an acquisition or getting things started, and then she has coaching clients. So I think, you know, it's just going to be dependent on where you're at in the process of acquire fix up you know all those kinds of things but once it's done you can and you if you have the right people and help it's probably going to be minimal yeah no, I, again i think a lot of it depends on what sort of mode you're in if you're in acquisition mode you're obviously going to be spending a lot more time on things but once you're in once it's up and running and you've got uh, your systems in place uh, as yeah. it's clear you know she can do it um fairly with minimal time yeah so. yeah and is this can you do this anywhere from the from anywhere in the world <laughs> yes uh we didn't really get into maybe doing this from a foreign country but um uh, she said world she did say world so uh, and she does every almost everything from her phone yeah so i imagine she and she's got an operations manager now in place who could probably yeah. handle most things yeah i'd uh, imagine if they wanted to go on a vacation like that then her husband's you know daily meetings would probably be something that they could skip some of those yeah, or you know make weekly. changes yeah. um based on on what they could make happen because of time zones and etc but yep. awesome okay that was stacy rossetti once again uh check her out at stacy rossetti.com uh and uh we're doing this all again next week let's hit the road bye hey before you go if you like the show we would be delighted if you'd head over to Podchaser and leave us an honest review and do let us know why you like the show how long you've been listening, and in particular, what you find really useful or entertaining. And let us know if there's anything you think we should change. Also, if you have specific questions about real estate investing, especially self-storage or short-term rentals, shoot us an email at info at roadtofamilyfreedom.com, and we'll be happy to answer your question on the show. We might even turn it into an entire episode. Thanks for listening. We're doing this all again next week. Until then, safe travels.